Well, uh, yeah. Cardi B, I'm back, bitches. I want to hear him acting different. Uh, <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the Horror Host Support Group Podcast, a book club and podcast for horror fanatics. I am one of your hosts, the newly, freshly, not lined up, but freshly haircut Amanda, um, putting Samara's dreams of me being Tina Marie again to shame. Just ruining it. <laughs> and I'm joined by my sister in horror, resplendent in, we're going to say marigold is the mm-hmm. shade of your shirt. Planning trips, serving looks, and reading books, it is Samara. That rhymed. That's a good intro. I know. I did. That's a really good intro. You did good. You did good. So rusty after our break. I know. How are you doing, Samara? I'm good. Plus, you're standing. Like, you don't stand usually. You're like seated, like I am. I'm too lazy to stand. I was actually, I was actually looking for like standing desk things um, that will fit over my actual desk. And then I was like, why are these so fucking expensive? It makes no sense. So, yeah. back to square, I'm going to keep looking or I'm going to put it in the budget, but shit's high. And I'm like, no, no. It's too damn bad. You know high. what you should do? <laughs> too damn bad you sh- you could probably <laughs> finagle this a standing desk attachment for christmas if you really need to wait a little bit you could be like hey hey fam can you all come together and help me get this like, standing like, desk? and just get hmm. a, a new desk because you could probably get the one that shifts from standing sitting to standing and not have to get the attachment dude that is brilliant yes i will look into that i will send my mother the link now because she's actually she's actually started christmas shopping now which is hilarious <laughs> way ahead i'm like it's july she's like yeah i'm getting my list together okay <laughs> okay does she also get her list together of ingredients for the holiday cooking oh my god my mom has a holiday cabinet so she so she comes to me and she tells me everything that's <clears> on the menu weeks in advance and she proceeds to tell me like every week right up until and then the day of she tells me and I'm like, you know, I don't eat none of the shit you just said to me, right? Like, none of it. Not a morsel. But she always tells me, like, I'm supposed to be like, oh, my God, that sounds so good. Dead bird. Like, no, that's not me. <laughs> I am Dead like, bird. I'm like, I'm like, literally, I am the sole vegan in the house. Why you come to the vegan talking about ham and roasted turkey and mac and, like, you know what I mean? All the shit yeah. I won't be eating and don't plan on eating that's literally not food to me. She tells me about it. <laughs> she, she, she said, mm, dead animal and just a hunk of dairy. You know, carcinogen carcass. Like, ugh. <laughs> Sounds you know excellent. What? <laughs> I love you, but you leave my mac and cheese alone. You know, you can have it. You can have it. I'm straight. I mean, because it's not like I can't make it vegan, but it's so good. I'm straight. People be on the toilet for years talking about some mm, mac and cheese. I'm like, the way my body's set up against lactose? Girl, it's over. It's done for me. Can't even sniff cheese without being like, we gotta go. Um, but <laughs> why, are you, why are you having like a peanut allergy? Right. Is that cheese around me? <laughs> my throat about to close up. Just done. Just done. Well, since we're back at season four, episode one, 
it's titled Fuck Them Kids, and it's exactly what we're going to talk about. We're talking about mm -hmm. the books and movies that make you go, fuck them kids. For real, for real. Like, why are we still here? Why are we still messing with them? We got to go. Leave them. Leave them where they at. Um, so, yeah, we're doing a mixture of novels and movies. I feel like we have more movies and maybe a TV show or two. Well, some of these uh, are both, right? So mm, some of the ones true. on our list are are ones that were originally books. Mm -hmm. um, Unfortunately, a Stephen King has made its way on there. My fault, yep. but he does write really creepy kids. Well, he's on here twice because... Oh, <laughs> I didn't even look at the list. He's on there twice now. Okay. Yes. That makes sense. Um, wait, he didn't write Children of the Corn. He wrote Children of the Corn. I'm quite certain he did. Oh, I missed that one. I used to watch Children of the Corn all the time. Yeah, it's up. a short story by him. <laughs> okay, so. that makes sense. Okay. But um, I guess we can do our back and forth thing like we always do. Mm -hmm. um, and at the top is always Black Woman because that's just how I roll. And that is Dark Water Tales, The Unwanted by Jean Nicole Rivers. And these children are indeed the, that. They are unwanted. We've talked about this <laughs> before we reviewed it. I forget which episode, which season, but go ahead and it have fun with our Rolodex. Yeah, it's our early days. Go ahead and look through our Rolodex. Maybe you'll find it after a couple episodes you've been listening to. Just for funsies. Mm -hmm. But the unwanted, we're following a young black girl and I believe it's a white guy. They are both, you know, graduate from college and decide to join this kind of program where she goes off to this small, poor Eastern European town to teach the kids there. And then he's like the resident nurse and it's at an orphanage, a really big, creepy or orphanage. Um, in this small town. Uh, they get there and the kids are weird. It's like, imagine a bunch of Esters running around, but that are actually kids. <laughs> and um, there's like one kid in particular, a little girl who's like all up in their shit. Just always there lingering around, mm -hmm. looking, looking toe up from the flow up as days go by. Um, and the rest of the kids are pretty creepy too like just the whole I remember the yeah. whole atmosphere being like nah we need to pack up and go girl yeah I think it had some kind of gothic leanings because it was in this really big crumbling uh, building that had been mm -hmm. a school and a residence and all of the stuff and it's set in like eastern Europe mm -hmm. kind of like a not well off area anyway mm -hmm. so then you have these this orphanage that is even less well off to mm -hmm. where when our main character and her little sidekick, <laughs> you know, talk to people and say, oh, this is where we work. They definitely get the bombastic side eye because, you know, people think the place is haunted. Not the bombastic side eye. <laughs> really? Very they true. They were just looking at them like, mm -hmm. oh, you go there? Mm -mm. No, baby. We can't associate. For real. No one will come nearer than town. No. <laughs> They're like in the night in the dark that's what it felt like they're like mm -mm. You, if you scream we're not coming for you you're on your own baby girl if you need <laughs> help you can come down here come to the tavern we'll help you we're not going back and forth like we're not dealing with the kids it's the kids are definitely ostracized there's barely staff 
honestly. The kids mm-hmm. kind of like they're feral. <laughs> they're just out. They're just up there by themselves, not really doing shit. Um, until you know the main characters get up there and they're like, "Here's class. We can learn some things." And and here's some medicine because you're sick and gangly. Um, but yeah, uh, some some things happen. I don't want to spoil it for you. Just go back and wa- uh, li- let's say watch. Wow, listen to our episode. Was it watchable? No, I think we were still doing like just the the vocals here yeah about that one so yeah go back listen to it if you haven't read it go read it then listen to us so you don't get spoiled or if you don't mind being spoiled just go straight for the episode but i think we both gave it three blackulas from what i remember Mm -hmm. it was it was decent i still Mm -hmm. have questions though to this day (laughs) yes i i too have questions Mm -hmm. but i don't want to spoil it so if you all Mm want to you know, hear Don't about it. it. Check it out. Also, also though, do support this author because not only is she a black woman writing horror, mm-hmm. which we love to see, she's also an indie author. So right. let's give her some love for that. I think she had a recent, she had another book come out relatively mm-hmm. recently as well. It's so a thriller. Not, yes. If you're not following John Nicole Rivers on the socials, what is you doing? Go ahead and follow right. her. I will say though her latest one, which was a thriller, I gave it four blackulas. It was actually decently done. I really liked it. Okay, I'll have to add it to my never-ending TBR. But you know. <laughs> yeah, um, okay. So the next book that we're going to talk about, with well, the next thing we'll talk about that will make you say "fucking kids," is another book. It is "A Head Full of Ghosts" by Paul Tremblay. And this is one of my favorites all time. I have re-listened to this multiple times. Um, We also have kind of spoken about this briefly. Mm -hmm. I do think maybe at some point we should do a full-scale review. Because I know you read this and I would really love Mm -hmm. to dissect this book from top to bottom. From the rudder to the tudder, if you will. No! from Naruto to the tutor. Um, just because because of the way the book is. So let me just stop with my little preamble and tell you what this book is about. Essentially, this follows our main character, Mary, uh, both as a child as and as an adult. When she was a child, her parents and sister died in a very kind of weird, questionable way. And as an adult, she's speaking to a journalist and unveiling, unveiling, wow, writer. Unveiling or Un- unveiling. <laughs> right, that thing. What truly happened? Um, interspersed between these two narratives, there's also like a horror blogger talking about this reality TV show that this family was involved in. So it essentially was this reality TV show that was following the Mary's older sister, Marjorie, because there was this idea of maybe she was possessed. And so the TV show was, you know, chronicling that and, and her exorcism, but it only lasted six episodes before production was shut down, you know, due to wild and crazy events. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably my favorite Paul Tremblay book. I've read two others from him and I did not like them nearly as much as Head full of ghosts. 
uh, I just think the dynamic between the two sisters is great. The family dynamic uh, also, I, I don't know. I just think it's a really great examination of, um, of possession. Is a possession is a mental illness of adolescence, coming of age, of, you know, familial relationships, of exploitation, of mental illness and all of that stuff, of religious fanaticism, so many things which we'll get into if we end up doing a full-length episode. So yeah, I highly recommend Head Full of Ghosts. Yeah, that one was a weird one for me. I enjoyed it, but it was a weird one for me. Because once again, I was left with questions. I was like, oh, crap. The way it ended, great, but lots of questions, mm-hmm. which was intended, I'm very sure. Um, I think I have The Paul Bears Club by Paul Tremblay. I think he wrote that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I have another one, but I just can't remember. I could be mixing, mixing him up with someone else. But yeah, I haven't read anything besides this, I believe, written by him. But he wrote well enough for me to want to keep going. So it's pretty good. Um, the next one I ended up reading. I don't know if you read this one yet, but The Spite House by Johnny Compton. Didn't I've started it. it. Oh. I started listening to the audiobook. I'm really oh. loving the audiobook so far. It's a like, good, really, really good one. It's a good one. And this isn't a spoiler, but where the fuck them kids comes in is definitely her youngest daughter. I mean, his youngest daughter in the in the thing. Um, but honestly, both in my opinion, because they both wild. But yeah, I think it's the youngest daughter. Um but it's it's a it's a good tale. It's basically a father and his two daughters kind of on the run from something what we don't know. Uh, and he really needs to make money so he can take care of them, but they have to lay low. So he's got to take like, you know, little odd jobs. And he does land this job where he goes and stays in what is known as the spite house in this small town. And he's just supposed to like record the happenings and the goings on in the house, right? Um, it's enough of a problem where people do not stay very long, but he's desperate and he needs the money. So that is what's going on with that. And obviously things go left because it's a horror book. Something's going to happen. We know this. Um, and it's even more nerve wracking because he has kids. It's always nerve wracking for me when there are children involved. I can't do it sometimes. <laughs> That's probably why like what, or if someone's, if someone's really, really young, if someone it has a disability, or if someone's pregnant, I'll be like, no, no, it's too close. I'm like, what are you gonna, what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? Right. They're so vulnerable. And I mm-hmm. and a lot of movies really definitely cash in on that. And I just be sitting there like stressed <laughs> the whole time. And so I feel like Spite House did that for me. Um, but I gave it five Blackulas. I think you'll enjoy it, Amanda. And I think anybody else who's listening will definitely enjoy it. As a black male author, like, go. How many black men are in horror, though? Like, think about it. Not as many as we need. Yes. And if you are listening to this and you are a black male author or know anybody, please hit us up. Hit us up on Instagram. Hit us up on TikTok, Mm -hmm. the, the socials, which we've kind of neglected lately we have we have but you know you can dm us i love books especially if it's written by an indie author 
We just need more non-white male horror perspectives. Period. That part. Yep. Cishet male. (laughs) (laughs) More specifically. Yes. Though I will say, and this is, it is a white male, but it's a trans man. Mm -hmm. The Spirit Bears Its Teeth by Andrew Joseph White, I think. Mm -hmm. Recently came out. It's very Victorian. We'll have a separate conversation about that, but I think that I'm looking forward to reading it, and I think you might like mm-hmm. it as well. Please send me, send me the link. Mm-hmm. Definitely check it out and say, Victorian, I was there. Yeah. <laughs> but a word, nothing but a word. I was there. So this um, next one is How to Sell a Haunted House by Grady Hendrix. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this one falls under multiple categories because it yes. falls under fuck them kids, fuck them dolls, Fuck your sister. Fuck your brother. Not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Forget them. Forget them. (laughs) You know, it's one of those ones where if you are not, if you have any any kind of siblings, whether it's just one or multiple, you 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 will see yourself in the relationship in this book. Um, Essentially, this book follows two siblings. Can't even remember their names right now. Mark and. Anna. Emily, Julie, Anna, some some generic ass names, girl. I don't very know. generic name for her. Um, essentially, their parents die at the top of the novel. That's not a spoiler. It's I think in the dust jacket, yes. and they yes. have to decide. They inherit their stuff in their house, and have to decide what to do with it. And you know, lo and behold, their their house, which is their childhood home, is haunted. Their mom was a puppeteer. Um, so she has all of these puppets and all of these dolls and stuff around, which is one of the sources of horror. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the fucking kids comes in to play with kind of the reveal and and all of Mm -hmm. that. So I won't get into it too much, but Mm -hmm. this is definitely one. And, and, and lightweight, it's also our main character's daughter. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also, like, adjacent to that is her ex, her partner, her baby yeah. daddy, is also yeah. a huge fuck you to him. Mm-hmm. So, this just fuck you's all around with this yeah. book. It's a good book, but you will definitely read it and be like, ooh. Did the audiobook, the audiobook, <laughs> that audiobook was wild. I remember being like switching from reading the the actual physical well ebook but reading it with my eyeballs to listening and being like why wasn't I listening to the audiobook all along it's just wild huh I'll try it with the audiobook because I read the ebook there's there's parts where the certain something starts talking and the voice is in I just don't it's like when you listen to um uh, Camp Slaughter, and I didn't. And Body is Kadas's voice was like, "You were like, you gotta listen to it." And I still haven't. Oh, it's right. Like that. It's like that where I was like, "Oh no, I don't want this in my ears anymore." <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so listen to the audiobook, y'all. It's a work of art, and it's extra creepy. <laughs> okay. Um. So uh, yeah. we, lo- we we love Grady Hendrix. I mean, like we said before, 
he is his work is our namesake mm-hmm. through this this podcast and book club. So um next is a movie. It's okay, so there's two iterations of it. There's one that came out in the 60s, but and then there's one that came out in 95. I never watched the 60s one. It looks insane. Like I look at pictures and I'm like, what kind of context? <laughs> <laughs> they had, they had right. those kids like it's insane. But Village of the Dam is like it's about this um, small town that is basically in terror of these children that were all born around the same time, and they were all born white kids with white hair and glowing eyes, and they can read your thoughts, they can kill you with their mind, like, and that's what they do. Like with any people that they think step out of line whether it's on purpose or by mistake, you are toast. So I definitely say fuck them kids to that <laughs> village of the damned. Um, we've got some big people. I feel like Kirstie Alley was in that one. Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a fun one. I believe back in the day when sci-fi was popping, they used to show that movie a lot on sci- on the sci-fi channel. Hmm. Yeah, I remember the poster. It's a, I mean, I'm sure you've seen every, most mm-hmm. people have seen the poster. Mm-hmm. It's pretty iconic. It, the, I mean, I'm talking about the one from the 60s because it's black and white. Mm-hmm. It's got the kids with the eyes. But yeah, creepy this one feel. is creepy for sure. <laughs> um, What's the next one? Oh, moving on to a classic. Mm-hmm. Classic Pet Cemetery. Now, obvi- we're going to talk, you know, about the book and the film, because it's both. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, y'all know, we generally do not mention Stephen King upon this podcast, and in this book pod, because while he is prolific, he is problematic, mm-hmm. and he is not the end-all be-all when it comes to horror, though many people want to sit and think that he is. Oh, gosh. Uh, however... Pet Cemetery is a classic book, and it is a, a big example of fucking kids. So if you have not engaged with seeing the movie or read the book, and by movie I mean the original, not the remake. Um, We're not going to talk about the remake. <laughs> yeah, we shan't. <laughs> then um, basically what ends up happening is his family moves to you know, new house, new home, new me, fresh start. Mm. And very quickly, the child dies. Um, and the father, the father, right? Mm-hmm. Um, after having kind of gotten to know their neighbor, and finds that there's like this pet cemetery kind of in the neighborhood, right? I think a, a lot of their houses mm-hmm. back up onto this wooded area, and there's mm-hmm. a cemetery. And you know, they their cat dies. They bury the cat. The cat comes back to life. So the dad's like, "Ooh, maybe if I do that, my son will will come back." Now I'm I'm pulling from the movie, so mm-hmm. if the book is different, let me know because it's been a minute since I read the book. But basically, the child comes back wrong. And this is where we get the iconic quote, sometimes dead is better, right? Mm -hmm. And the child then, you know, chaos and terror ensues once -hmm. once they are back. The remake 
changed it to be the daughter, a daughter mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. rather than a son. And I just think, I mean, it's fine, right? It's mm -hmm. gender, but I, I, I think they made some other changes that just didn't yeah. land. This is a little weird. I don't know what they were trying to do with the remake. I watched it once and was like, next. Didn't do anything for me. It wasn't anything different. Um, mm -hmm. But then again, I don't think it was really for us. I think it was for like a new generation who probably never seen the first one. And so maybe this did something for them. But I mean, you know, it's it's that time, right? We, we're, we're living in the time of remakes for sure. What's wrong? You see something? Sorry, there's a stray cat in in our yard that keeps that I that keeps coming around. My mom is putting food and water out for it, but I just saw it walk underneath my window and I freaked out a bit. Like, I thought somebody was like at your window, like, "Hey, how's it going?" Like, <laughs> oh, I that would have elicited a much <laughs> scream reaction like, for me. Um. Uh, yeah, Pet Cemetery, yo. I think I read it. I read it a long time ago when I was a wee little Samara and I was obsessed with Stephen King and Dean Kuntz and Anne Rice, right? Like, thems was the we one go through those out, days. you know? I mean, it was the most accessible. Like, there was no one else for us, really. Just horror, let's go. And then, you know, Stephen King movies are a huge part of dare I say it, American culture. Like, his movie's been on TV for as long as I've been alive. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. There's something, I guess since we're saying that, let's let's just get him out the way and and talk about Children children of the Corn so we don't have to revisit yeah. this. Um, but Outlander, we have your woman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but basically, uh, Children of the Corn is a small town that is being... Dick, oh, the, 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 yeah, I can't talk. The dictatorship are a bunch of fucking kids. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And they are led by the great child preacher. Um, mm -hmm. Who's, I guess his parents or, or, or his mentor sold his soul to the devil so that he would remain a child. Because who cares about a great child preacher when they're when they're no longer a child. So in order to keep him a child and to keep the sensation going all around, they basically sold the boy's soul to the devil. Um, and of course, like Jennifer's body style, he's not normal, he's evil. And he's led his little merry band of followers, which are, which are also children. And they do horrible mm -hmm. things to people. Um, and so it's like a, a family, or no, a couple who are in this town, basically trying to like get the fuck out of Dodge. Uh, I don't know yeah. about the book, did not read the book. No, I think it's a short story. I haven't read it either. And I think they recently remade it. I heard it was Basura. So. Oh, wow. I didn't know about it. Yeah, I have not heard good things, which to me means that it wasn't good because, you know, if, if it was worth anything. Mm -hmm. That sounds really harsh, but if if it was good, people would be talking about it. But that's true, because we're still talking about the Evil Dead remake, because it was good. Yes, or reboot, and, whatever you want to call right. it. We're still talking about Barbie. We're still talking about Talk to Me. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't watched it yet. Oh, I've been to the movies a while. Yeah, I haven't been to the movies since Barbie. Well. <laughs> 
I think I'm about to go this weekend to see Nun, the Nun too. Hopefully, it's better than the first one. It is supposed to be, and and a black woman wrote the screenplay, so we are going to support. Well, you know, so the Nun two, and then the new Exorcist movie is coming out. Yes. So, oh, that's another good example of fuck them kids because it's two, it's two kids, two girls who are possessed. Yes. I'm wondering no, if it's. Wait. I'm wondering if they're both possessed by Pazuzu, or do Pazuzu got a accomplice? I guess we'll know. know. We'll see it. Right. I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to doing a deep dive on it. We should probably just do a whole. Maybe maybe we could take a detour from our regularly scheduled books and read The Exorcist mm. as like a book club, or maybe do like a buddy read. Anybody who wants to read it with us. That would be fun. I would love to see it. I think it comes out like next month. Next month, yeah, like in a month, literally. So that'll be cool. Um, Wow, since we're talking about The Exorcist, that's next on the list, basically. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Book and film, which I didn't get a chance to read it yet. So there'll be plans for that. I've seen the movie a million times, I own the DVD. Mm -hmm. I own the DVD and it's like all black with um, the uh, I want to call him reverend he's not a reverend with the priest like standing under the lone the lone like light you know when he's like outside the family home with his little briefcase like pause so I love that cover so much Um, I don't know the differences between the movie and the book so I haven't read much of the book. Mm-hmm. I know um, my mom has read read it and seen the movie, and she just said that there's a lot more instances of um, showing of the possession part. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I guess there's a part where she kind of turns into like a snake of it. Ooh. Like her body moves, like kind of slithers up like a snake, like a like a cobra, you know Ooh. how when they come out of the basket and they kind of arch up and their head mm-hmm. kind of... Um, That's creepy. I don't know. I have to get a copy. I want to get it. I mean, honestly, The Exorcist is on most people's list of mm-hmm. books and movies and all of that for a reason. It is probably, if I had to say, one of the best novels written in the last, I don't know, century, two mm-hmm. centuries. You know, and the film is also so iconic. That shot that you mentioned is used in almost every single horror movie, some variation of it. Right. Um, Yeah, I like that one. I recently also watched The Pope's Exorcist, which was entertaining. Um, I need to watch it so we can do an episode on it. Oh, yeah. Totally gotta watch it. I I enjoyed it. It It was like the typical exorcism movie you know but it was still entertaining and i also watched there's another one that came out where there's a lawyer who not a lawyer sorry i believe he's a psychiatrist who has to go to this maximum security prison because this dude killed like nine people um and kind of evaluate his mental state because he is set for the chair honey set for the chair unless it is proven that he is like mentally ill then he'll live out the rest of his days in a mental institution um turns out this man claims to be possessed 
by a demon. Mm. And, the, and it's not, and it's the demon talking to him. And he's like, I want the chair. Send me to the chair. And and they're like, and the psychiatrist is like, what, why? <laughs> like, what's going on? And he's like, I want, mm -hmm. I want him to suffer, basically. So it's insane. It was actually, a, it's like one of those, you could tell it was a movie shot during COVID. Mm -hmm. Very minimal cast, very minimal, like, moving around and set. It's all taking place in this one room in the prison. There's maybe, like, 10 people in the whole movie. Okay. But it's like, you know, how, you know how like phone booth was where it was just like, oh my gosh, even though everything was taking place in the phone booth, it was like that type and it felt very claustrophobic. But I thought it was a really good story. It was a good movie. It was actually a good movie. I think it was better than The Pope's Exorcist. So okay. yeah. well, I can't remember the name of it. If I remember, I will blurt it out. So. <laughs> I mean, I guess we'll give like a one sentence overview of this if you've never seen the movie or read the book, which at this point. Where you been? Like, where you been? However, for the uninitiated, The Exorcist is the classic tale of possession. It follows the McNeil family, Chris McNeil, <clears throat> her daughter Reagan becomes possessed by the demon Pazuzu, and Chris has to try to figure out how to save her daughter. She goes to psychologists, psychiatrists. She tries to get her, you know, physical evaluation to make sure there's nothing wrong. And then she turns to priests. And there's Father Marin, who is the um, the one who is in that iconic shot. And there's also Father Karras, who is the the character Damien Karras, who, if you've heard the Damien. Why you leave me, Timmy? Like, that's kind of an iconic line from the movie as well. Um, the movie's great. The book is supposed to be really good, much scarier than the movie. Mm -hmm. um, and there's also, there honestly, there is. There's a full-on podcast that talks about both the making of the book and the movie. Holy crap. Totally sure. I'm going to see if I can find it, because tomorrow I think you'd enjoy it, because it goes into... The backstory of what the book of like the, what inspired the book. Mm -hmm. That's just, crazy. And and I figured out the prison uh, possession movie I was talking about. It's called Nefarious. It came out this year, and it's got what's his face in it. Um, Jordan Belfi. I've seen him in stuff, and Sean Patrick Flannery, who out played his part to a T, like. The man needs an Oscar. An Oscar. Um, Oscar. Did you find it? Yes. It is quite literally called Inside the Exorcist. Mm. Um, cool. But I'm going to put it in the chat so that you can take a look. And I'm, I think I might just have to re-listen to this because, yo, this came out like 2017, mm -hmm. you know, but I might just have to re-listen to this because mm -hmm. it's about that time. It's spooky season, everybody. Look, I've been here. We've been here. Number one, spooky season is a state of mind. But I'm happy that everyone else has finally joined us. Right. We, we are not new to this. We are what? True to this. this. Speaking of Halloween spooky season, that's our next pick. Specifically, oh. Halloween 4. Something we weird. Look at these segues. I know. Doing good. Look at this. Look at this. Um, but there's something about four, like the fourth movie in a horror franchise that I love. Like my favorite 
um, Nightmare Nightmare on Elm Street is <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street 4. It's very weird. But Halloween 4 is my favorite one. I've talked about it numerous times. But where the fuck them kids element comes in is um, Michael Myers's niece. By the way, you can't take any of this, the timeline, don't even think about it. It's just all over the place. Apparently there are like four, three or four different like alternate timelines for the Halloween franchise. Don't argue with me, argue with your mama. Like, but anyway, Halloween for um, Jamie Lee Curtis's character apparently had a daughter, Halloween H2O aside, um, <laughs> named Jamie, who gets adopted by, you know, a family in Haddonfield where everything always, ha you know, has happened. And of course, in true Mike Meyer fashion, he comes back on Halloween to hunt down his niece after, like, I think he was being transported from one hospital to another and the orderlies were chatting it up and being like, yeah, you know, he still got like a niece out there. And he was like, I got to kill this bitch. Look, I was resting and now I got to get up and do what I got to do. So Mike Meyer um, handles them. And now he's after his niece, Jamie. Um, the part where fuck them kids comes in, comes in at the very end. I will not be telling you. Mm -hmm. For those weirdos who haven't seen it, like, go watch it, please. <laughs> <laughs> now you're dragging people for those weirdos who haven't seen it. It's my favorite. Um, it's it's iconic. I, I mean, the Halloween series, the whole series is iconic. It's amazing. Um, There's a whole posted, chart. I posted it on our Instagram. You did. If you are yes. confused, go look at it. I will say it's not my favorite slasher franchise. That honor and title goes to Scream. Mm. With child's play as a close second. However, Halloween deserves its flowers. Yeah. Did I? Um, I didn't tell you this, but Saturday, me and my good friend Darian and maybe my friend Delia, we're all going to sit down and we're having a scream a thon. I'm going to watch all the scream movies. My aunt invited me out. She's like, oh, you should come to this bar. They're, they're doing burlesque. And I was like, mm -mm, I'm home. I got to watch all the scream movies. Sorry. So we're going to dress up 90s. Pop some popcorn. And watch people get slashed. Let's go. Listen, <laughs> that sounds delightful. That, I haven't had a really hardcore movie tonight like that in a while. I mean, with anybody but myself. That's so sad. Anyway, we're going to move on. <laughs> <laughs> you will. You will have that. Claiming it, yes. I'm going to jump around a little bit because I don't know if I've seen The Prodigy. So we're going mm -hmm. to go with Haunting of Bly Manor. Yes. Which is inspired by the novel Turning Turn, Turning of the Screw by Henry James. It's like a peak, iconic, gothic novel. Mm -hmm. And so if you've not read, read the book, seen the show, um, there's been movies and whatnot. This has been adapted quite a bit. Essentially, it follows an au pair, governess, nanny, what have you, as she moves to this house and as she's taking charge of these two children, Miles and Flora. Weird things are happening in the house. Um, I think a previous nanny, Miss Jessel. Ooh, my mom just came home, the door banged. Ooh, that's it. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, the previous nanny, uh, Miss Jessel. Uh, so 
to the show. Previous nanny, Miss Jessel, uh, who was there before our current nanny, she's missing. They don't know what happened to her. They think she just ran away, along with the guy who's like the butler, not butler, like the driver, uh, Peter Quint, who's a not-so-nice guy. Um, there's ghosts. There is weirdness. The The kids seem to ha- be very mercurial. One moment they're nice, the next minute they're weird and mean, especially Miles. Um, oh, not, the, not a dog fight. So my hood is just active. You hear that, right? Yeah, I heard it. I was like, what's that? And I heard, Arr! I'm like, oh, doggies. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. Um, but, you know, I haven't read the book, but I'm speaking of the show. The show is really, really great. Um, I would say if you were somebody that wants, like, terror, go with Haunting of Hill House. If you were somebody who wants slow burn, creepy, creature feature horror that sends a message, go with Midnight Mass. And if you were want something that is gothic, queer romance with like that will make you cry but also that will scare you a bit then I would say go with Haunting of Bly Manor. I give this one I haven't been giving my Blackula ratings I'm sorry but I give this one five Blackulas um in the it's a it's a solid entry in the Mike Flanagan universe and speaking of he has a new show coming out soon I know Follow the House of Usher I'm excited. I think a lot of the people are back too. Like mm-hmm. the same people. It's kind of like the AHS deal where they're he's just yes. like reusing the same actors and different, you know, different uh, parts, which I love to see. So mm-hmm. I'm here for it. I can't wait to watch it. I can't wait to watch it. I saw the um like the the pic the poster for it and was like, oh my God, it looks so good. It looks so good. Yeah can't wait to sit my butt down and watch it and just to clarify the fall of the house of usher is based on an iconic edgar Allan poe book or short story fall of the house Mm -hmm. of usher so if you are not have not seen anything mike flanagan has done once again oh baby what is you doing he is an icon in the horror space right now you know what you know for the longest for me watching his his um shows it was you know ranking them the haunting of Bly Manor, um so it was it was definitely um the haunting of Hill House first, and then the haunting of Bly Manor and then um, Midnight Mass. But Midnight Mass jumped to second spot for me actually. I don't know what happened because at some point I like just turned it off one day and just walked away. I was like I'm not watching this anymore. It's slow. Yeah. It's boring. But then someone was like, you got to, I think it was you who was like, you got to go back and watch it. And so I did. And I was like, oh, this one's number two. Because it really goes left. <laughs> like, it yeah. seems like it's almost like two different shows. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say, I would say it's definitely worth staying with if you mm-hmm. are in the same position as Samara. Um, it is not a fuck them kids entry. It is a fuck that town. Something else. <laughs> um, there's also the Midnight Club, which is not a fucking kids entry, but mm. it's also another Mike Flanagan joint. So, once again, Hunting of Bly Manor, mm-hmm. really great. You would definitely be watching this. Like this, this kid needs a timeout. 
needs to stand in the corner. Think about what he has done. You know literally, what I mean? Literally. Um, I know you say you didn't know about the prodigy, so I'll jump into that one. Um, mm-hmm. it's a movie that came out, I feel like maybe a year or two ago. It's it's not old, it's not old. It's the last couple years has been out. Um, and basically it's exactly what it sounds like. A child is born, he is a prodigy, he can speak very well before he's a toddler, he exhibits intelligence far beyond his age range, artistic talent, all of it, all of it. And people were like, wow, this is intense. This is crazy. This kid is amazing, blah, blah, blah. And that would all be true, except unfortunately, he's possessed by the spirit of a serial killer. Yes. I'm not spoiling anything because that's literally in the, you can go, you can go Google it and it pops up like that. Mm. Um, Yeah, that was definitely a <laughs> fuck the kids moment for me. I was like, my mom and I were watching this and we were like, ooh. No, thank you. I can't imagine that, like, being a mom, you breastfed this child. You, and it's actually a fucking man, like, in the child's body this whole time. That's not your son. Your son's spirit is somewhere else. That will fuck me up. Mm. Mm-hmm. I was highly upset. I still am. <laughs> right. Um, I'm going to cap it off with our last final fucking kids entry. Um, Orphan, Orphan 1 and 2. Now, you're probably listening to this going, wait a minute, wait a minute. Especially if you have seen the movies and going, does this really count? I'm here to say, yes. It does. Especially (laughs) 2. For those of you who have not seen this, these movies, it basically follows a... Unsuspecting Woman. white upper class family. Yeah, multiple, <laughs> yes. Who, and so the first one follows an unsuspecting family that decide to adopt a child. They decide to adopt a little girl, and, you know, things start, things are fine at first. But then the little girl starts acting very out of pocket. Weird things occur. She's on some bad seed vibes. And then, you know, there's a huge kind of twist that (laughs) will make you definitely cry out at the TV. Mm -hmm. Now, moving into number two, we already know, right, who we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. This one follows the girl, this It's a prequel. It's a bit of a prequel. It follows her uh, and her life. So we kind of get like a bit of an origin story and Mm -hmm. see, you know, what she's gone through. Uh, again, adoption, all of that. This one has Julia Stiles, which mm-hmm. if you remember, she was an iconic 90s thousands actress mm-hmm. known for that shitty-ass mm-hmm. dance and Save the Last Dance. And, and this is not her first rodeo in a horror. Mm-mm. So this is cool. It's an omen. Mm-hmm. Which is another fuck them kids entry, honestly. Definitely. <laughs> What's going on, Julia? <laughs> uh, Right, so that's another little little bonus. Um, yeah, the orphan movies—they're pretty—they're pretty cool. They're pretty solid. I would say for me, I watched them once and don't need to really watch them again. However, mm-hmm. they're pretty they're legit. Solid. Yeah, I would also say if you want to know more about them or you want like a full blown rehash of it and dissection of it, you should check out the Girl That Scary podcast. They actually talk yes. about both orphans. 
um, in great detail, greater detail than we will. Yes. I mean, <laughs> and you should just check out that podcast in general. Mm -hmm. They are amazing. Two black women recounting, recapping all types of horror. I would say probably one of my favorite series that they did is when they talk about child's play. I love child's play. Like for sure. So it's a good one. There's a book called Child's Play. I don't know if um they kind of like took the concept and did something else with it, but there is a book called Child's Play, but I don't think it's the same as the movie. Very interesting. I just saw it was a kid on there with a doll, and I was like, I wonder. <laughs> I should check be. it out. It's one of those old ones. Um, well, I think are you ready to take us, take us home tomorrow? Yeah, let's wrap this mother up. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Horror Host Support Group Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and, and Twitter. Actually, we're not on Twitter anymore, are we? Are we still on Twitter? Did we leave? No, we are. We are. <laughs> We're still there. Listen, listen, listen. Now, excuse we, me. We have not been active on the socials, but you can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And Twitter. Okay. Um, under Horror Host Support Group, host spelled H-E-A-U-X. And if you want to join our book club, just, just click the link in the description on our Insta and you're there. You can find Amanda and learn all about her work on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube under the name Amanda the Author, these spelled with two E's, and on Twitter slash X at Amanda, the author with one E. I'm so mad they changed the name. It's so weird. Um, you can also find me on the same platforms under the name Samara Reads 2. And don't forget to check out my indie book box at fifthhousecollective.com. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.